0: So, Flip, last week we did this. We did it from your hospital room. Um, This week we have Alex Rodriguez, and we're no longer in your hospital room, right? Where are we? Tell everyone where we are.
1: Um, We're actually at my my home in, in Connecticut. And uh, you were so gracious along with Jason Marshall, who is uh, actually the real backbone of this enterprise uh, to come to my home because I'm, I'm still recovering from, you know, my, my quad injury, which is uh, painful and limits mobility for sure. I'm going to be out of action for a little bit of time. So thank you all for coming. And I, my home is your home, as we say in Italian, or we just said that in English. I meant to <laughs> say my home, somebody's casa, somebody else's casa, whatever that means. I don't know. Let's just go with that.
0: You're home we're not doing it from the hospital anymore, but right. last week we did, and last week we had Michael K. I got great feedback,
1: yeah, so did i uh I thought michael was 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 a terrific guest, and he was so he was so honest about his condition and he, uh, when he had his the vocal cord scenario that he went through, which uh, kept him out of action on yes for for a while, and he was you know about his concerns and about his fears of what, you know, would he return when, when he did return, what, how long would he return could have happened again? And all the, all the different things that go through your head when you're faced with something that could affect your livelihood. And he, he was so raw and so honest about it. And, uh, I found him the same way I found David Cohn to be such a terrific guest for almost the same reason about holding themselves accountable and being honest about their, not only their feeling with things that made them successes and things that made them happy, but also the the place, the things that put them in a place of, of concern and, and vulnerability and just their pure honesty. And and it's almost like there's a rawness to it that, uh, I thought, um, really, you got a chance to look into their souls, actually. I mean, for lack of better uh, phraseology, the ability to sort of look in someone's soul, I thought Michael gave you a glimpse into his soul and what he was really about. So that's why I found that show so fascinating.
0: He did, and uh, my favorite part was he tweeted it out about six times over the course of the week. So thank you, Michael. <laughs> thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, our numbers reflect it. So so your uh, your followers listen to you which is good um he's got a lot week, of flowers he's I got mean, he's got
1: a ton he had more flowers than gandhi i mean, I mean it was a is incredible. gandhi on twitter uh he could be using a different handle these days but a burner not. account I'm probably so has, gandhi has a burner account <laughs> here you go only
0: on curtain call this week though we have alex rodriguez i'm looking forward to that
1: oh as am i uh, i mean uh, I've, I've known alex a really long time and i've uh, You know, I've been with him through, you know, some incredibly good times and, you know, some of the bad times. And and, uh, uh, but he is uh, he's a fascinating individual and he is uh, one of the all time great players to ever, ever walk on a baseball field. And uh, I mean, he's an interesting place in his life now is he's got a different career. It's like he says he's retired. I mean, but I mean, retired, what quotes around he's busier now than he's ever been in his life. And uh, he's representing uh, many businesses, and he's involved in many, many different enterprises. And he's got, listen, he's got, a, he's got himself a, you know, a great, great girl in, in Jennifer Lopez, and he's uh, he's in a happy place. So I'm how really excited to be? catch him. Well, you're right. <laughs> I mean, he's got all this going for him, and he's got Jennifer Lopez. I I would tend to think he's in a pretty happy place. Would be my guess.
0: Yeah, he's a lucky guy. Uh, before we get to Alex, how about we talk a little Yankees baseball? Sure. I want to talk about the postseason roster a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, because we're getting closer, right? Mm-hmm. We're in September. We're getting near October. Um, next man up has been the mantra all year, and th- what that means is guys like Urshela and Talkman and Ford have stepped up. But as we look at a potential postseason roster, not all of them will make that roster, right?
1: Well, I mean, it's simple. It's just it's basic math. There's only 25 spots, and the Yankees have had. I don't know forty different contributors in the course of the season, if not more. So, you know, obviously they they can only take twenty five spots, and I think a lot of it is going to be based on who they believe they. I mean, who they, when they finalize those rosters is going to be based on who they're playing and what matchups they see and what players they think from that pool of talent will help them. You know, match up the best against the team that they're playing. So obviously, that will be the, the determining factor. And Brian Cashman and and Aaron Boone's head will be the, that. But but having said that, you're right. A lot of very talented players, uh, who just won't make the roster simply because they'll be victims of number.
0: So I know you don't want to name yes. names, but I'm going to make you, or at least I'm going to attempt to make you. I can't make right. you do anything. Who isn't making this roster?
1: Well. I mean obviously some of it is driven by by who we who the Yankees wind up playing uh, and, and who they feel will give them the best players to match up in the key situations but getting past that for a second I mean I think it's going to be like we're talking about Ford for instance Stud, who's, who's been a really nice contributor for the Yankees but but at the end of the day I don't know how he could you know especially with with the return of Encarnacion and you know and Boyd coming back I don't know how he uh, would fit you know i mean it's nice to have the extra lefty bat or whatever but at the end of the day someone like him i think would be would be a victim there would be others who would who, who, who contributed to the yankees and helped them because they just i just don't see them in the end because again you only have those 25 spots so they will be victims of of, of pure mathematics but but here's the good news for the yankees the good news is that because they've taken players who May not have figured in their plans when the season began, or anybody other teams' plans. The Yankees gave them a chance. Players have flourished, and these players will now be assets to help the Yankees get, you know, other pieces that they may need. So I I think that the Yankees have done a really good job, and that out out of out of disaster has come incredible opportunity, and players like like Ashilla who was was really. Not and again, Mabin, and, and you know, the, this is an endless list of players. We can go on forever naming players here, but who have stepped up for the Yankees and made contributions. Even players from the minor leagues have come up and, and made contributions all have, a, have, and all have to be looked at in a different light now. And I think that that can only be of a great benefit to the Yankees.
0: And when you say a name like Mike Ford uh, potentially won't make the roster, that's right. no disrespect to Mike Ford. He's having no. A great... I
1: mean, listen. What, what about CC? You mean you know oh, CC? Yeah. I mean, CC's in his final year. I mean, you know, he wants nothing more than to be on the roster and to contribute in a big way to a to a Yankee October. I mean, I don't, I'm not. I don't have any idea how the Yankees, you know, if he's if his injuries are such where he just won't be able to do it because of injury, if he's healthy enough, you know, the Yankees will say, I'm sure the Yankees will give him a chance if he's healthy enough. But right now, his injuries somewhat seem to be chronic, and I don't know that. Uh, again, the Yankees will have to take that look. That's not for us to decide. But, but it, from, but, but honestly, laying it out on the. It's going to be rough for C. to sort of make that final final cut other than, you know, CeCe is an inspiration to the team. He's a, a leader in that clubhouse. There's something to be said for all of that, too. So sometimes that intangible, which actually becomes a tangible here because of the leadership, might matter a lot to the team. But again, it's only 25 spots, and there's a whole lot of deserving candidates.
0: I'll tell you, that knee of CeCe Sabathia is, is going to have to be broken into pieces to keep him off the field
1: totally a heart of a champion a heart of a lion and that you can't you cannot you know uh, uh say that that doesn't matter because it does matter but but again if he's if he's compromised because of the need to the point where he's just physically obviously can't do it then you know the yankees will recognize that and cc has to recognize it himself and say listen i that's not going to help the team if i can't go out there and i can't compete in a, in you know in a, in a healthy way that's going to make a difference, and. Uh, CC, I'm sure, would be the first to say that I don't deserve the spot.
0: That's going to be an interesting storyline to watch for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I want to talk a little bit about Glaber Torres mm-hmm. too. So on Wednesday night, he hit his 34th home run of the season, that ties him for the team lead with Gary Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Did you think Glaber Torres would be leading the team, the Yankees, in home runs at the beginning of this season?
1: No, I mean, I, I mean, I saw him as you know maybe hitting 20, you know, somewhere in the low 20s, and uh, in terms of actual number, but but I mean. I saw I saw him play in the Arizona Fall League after the Yankees got him, and that's the league where the, Yan- the teams send their their most outstanding prospects to compete. Uh, and Glaber had everything when I saw him, and 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 again I he he's twenty two years old now. and I guess I saw him three years ago. It's mean, got to be right. He was probably nineteen when I saw him, but when, once you saw him, you realized why Brian Cashman's eyes were so wide open and why he when he when he the, the, when they had a chance to acquire him from the Cubs that the Yankees jumped all over that because no matter what they had to trade to get him and we traded Chapman as it turned out and we got Chapman back. So the Yankees again uh, scored brilliantly on that deal. But, but Glaber Torres is, is a franchise seminal talent. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say uh, that he could be the best player on the Yankees, you know. You know, pound for pound, ounce for ounce, in the next few years, two or three years from now, when he really starts to hit his prime, uh, he very, might very well be. Though I don't know. I mean, the Yankees says a lot. That's a lot. It's a bold statement considering all the talent that the Yankees have. But he is. He is. A, he's a seminal talent, and he's a difference maker. And uh, uh, and his contributions to the Yankees have just been so. I mean, he, the fact that he stayed pretty healthy. And has been able to no matter where you hit him in the lineup, he just steps up and gets it done. He's fielding his position. He's played shortstop when asked to f- play shortstop, and he's he's done a nice job there. He's running the base. It occasionally makes some blunders on the base paths, but for the most part, I mean, his his game has really just stepped up in every phase, and he's a he's a complete player. He just is, and he's gonna be. He's a he's becoming a big star, and I mean, when I say big star, I don't know that he's in the superstar category yet. But he's but he's trending that way, and he's 22. Well, yeah, 22. 22. That's amazing. What,
0: what were you doing when you were 22? I'll tell you. What were you doing when you were 22? I was
1: uh, I was working with Vince. Uh, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like?
0: So he's 22. I'd put that trade right up there with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right up there, yeah.
1: top five all time. Top five all time Yankee trades.
0: Yes, I'd put that with Paul O'Neill for Roberto
1: Kelly. Interesting, yeah. I mean, you entered with Paul O'Neill. Daniel. Yeah, I am mean, certainly a great, a great. Uh, I mean, a great acquisition for the Yankees. Well, that certainly was a great deal. But I mean, it's, I guess time will determine where that will stand. But certainly, the way it's trending, I mean, it's trending as an incredibly. Because, especially since the Yankees got Chapman back, it's considered one. It's going to be go down as one of the great highs ever. Switching gears
0: a bit, the Yankees have a wraparound series coming up with the Red Sox. Um, It's a big series for the Red Sox, right?
1: Yes, it's it's a big series for the Red Sox because they are on the outside looking in at the playoffs. I mean, it's going to take a... They're almost going to have to run the table to sort of, uh, you know, make it to the playoffs as a, as the second wild card. So they've got a lot of work ahead of them. And even if they get into the playoffs, anything's possible. But you've got to get into the playoffs before you can have a run. So, yes, it's a big series for them. And for the Yankees, it's actually a big series because – not because the Red Sox are major threats to them, but it's a big series to them for home field. The Yankees are trying very hard to get that home field advantage because if they do play Houston, then, it, it, I mean, I think that that may be the final showdown in the – in the, in the American League pennant will be the Yankees and, and, and the Astros. If trend goes that way. That I really do think that obviously home field could matter a great deal. So, um, yeah, and that's what the Yankees are trying to achieve. So the Yankees are going for home field, and the Red Sox are going for that second wild card. So although traditionally they're always used to battling one and two in the American League East, and that's what they're always going about. But but uh, this time the battle of the formation is a little bit different. But uh, that's why this series will be uh, is important.
0: And let's not forget last week, my hot take, Red Sox make the postseason.
1: Yeah, how's that looking? It's not looking good. No. <laughs> no, so your hot take yeah. is sort of like a, a... lukewarm. Oh, at best. It's <laughs> that. I mean, I, I mean, you're giving yourself way too much credit there, pal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's really, it's kind of like a long shot. and uh, No, not to embarrass you, but it's kind of a weak take, no? It's a weak
0: take. Well, I'll tell you why. Yeah, why is it? I um, have to hold on. And I made the prediction, so I can't. Change no, it, no, you but you're to, right, and I'll tell you why. Sure, the Red Sox pitching, their starting pitching doesn't look so great, right? So Friday night they start
1: Price, right?
0: Saturday it's TBD.
1: Who's probably pitched better than Price? But go ahead.
0: <laughs> and after that's TBD, right? And then on Monday's TBD. That's a lot of innings for TBD.
1: Well, yeah, it's like you're really stretching them out. I mean, you're really stretching TBD out. I agree. That's a that's a lot of burden to expect for TBD, but but. Yes, they're, they're they're trying to figure this out, and and to, when you're trying to put a winning streak together, you're trying to figure out it. It's just way too many too many things that are just uncertain, and uh, it just sort of adds to the Red Sox woes.
0: That is uncertain. One thing though that is certain in my mind, I've said it all season long: Aaron Boone is manager of the year. I had this conversation last night with some guys, and they're telling me no, it's Rocco Baldelli.
1: You could make a case for either one, I think, uh i think it's either they're either one and two or two and one i mean somebody's gonna i mean it's it's gonna be one of the two and there's been some strong i mean Francona's had her done an incredible job hinch always does a great job i mean there were other people that would be in the mix but at the end of the day it would be it would be if i get the vote i would go boom bordelli but it would be very very close because i mean you can't discount what rocker bordelli does an incredible job with the twins but but the fact that you know that uh uh the Boone has had to manage through I mean just this incre- I mean we must be 30 players almost 30 players we've had on the IL of major contributors and they've on, been on the IL in different lengths of time and and he's had to sort of manage all that and 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 and, and, and you know put a lineup together that made sense and he's just what the, he's done it's come up it's come up for him it's worked for the Yankees so he deserves a lot a lot of credit for and also his demeanor and how he's handled the crisis. I mean, how he stood out in adversity says a lot about him. And I think his team has sensed his confidence and his 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 his, his quiet demeanor, which did explode that day at the plate uh, when he got in that famous argument at home plate uh, not too long ago. I think that that really convinced the players who looked at that and said, like, wow like he's, he's really stepped up for us and he went out there and I, and made the case for us. And I, I think that may have been a seminal moment as a Yankee. I mean, that's my opinion. It really just made people look at him in a different way as less than this guy of quiet demeanor, but this guy who's got a fiery will to win. And that's what came out of that, that, uh, that exchange between him and the, and the umpire. So I, I found that to be, uh, a very, very interesting moment. And, uh, and uh, putting it all together, I would say, um, yeah, I go, I go, Boone Bardelli, and it's that what you just said, crisis, right? yeah. crisis management, yeah.
0: and in my opinion, what uh, Boone did with the Savages comment, yeah, right. right, and all of that—that <laughs> that was calculated. He went out there, and said, "Hey guys, look at me, I've got your back," and that whole clubhouse loves him now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that they, they you know, we, won't, we don't want to portray that they didn't really like him before, but let's just say, I mean, I think that moment really was the moment that put him over the top, and, and to, to especially the fans the fans are not in the clubhouse, so they don't know that aspect of the game. But to the fans especially, that really put him over the top. I mean, the, the ovation he's gotten. Now, every time he goes out and registers a complaint, they love it. So it maybe wasn't his way to, to, to manage that way, but I think he realized that uh, to get the best results, that that's what he needed to do. And, uh, I mean, I think he's come up big. I think he's come up big for that, really has.
0: Well, we're in agreement. I think that. Is one of the reasons that he should be manager of the year. Um, but let's move forward. I want to know: Are you ready
1: for Alex? No. We, oh, I was ready trying, for Alex. Are
0: you trying to skip out on the history of yes segment? Uh,
1: I was actually, uh-huh. and I was ready for Alex. Don't forget we have Alex Rodriguez coming. All up right, so we'll Charlotte. do
0: this quick then, because everyone's probably thinking. Uh, we're and like, by the
1: way, people, if people like this, what do they do? By the way, they what do they do? They
0: um, rate, review, Ra- subscribe, rate.
1: Review, subscribe. So if you like what you're hearing and you, you like our guests and we've had just a, a murderer's row of really great guests, uh, please don't forget to do that.
0: That's how you help us. And um, we will be dropping new episodes every Friday morning. Um, so be sure to look at it on your podcast. Please, please do that. App. Um, but you're not getting out of this history of Yes segment. Okay, I'm ready. We'll do it quick because we want to get to Alex. Right. I want to know about the history of the pitch count on the bug.
1: Well, uh, couple of things on that um obviously the the 100 mark has always has been the barometer in recent years of um how long you keep a pitcher in when they approach 100 uh it you know you start to get the action in the bullpen and and but that 100 is the metric that everybody uses as sort of a the determinant that it's enough for a starting pitcher to come out of a game and that obviously is obviously big in a baseball game is how long a starting pitcher goes correct 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 all right um, uh, so I got, I would ask their our truck, which is great. We have the best producers and directors. We've, uh, they've done such a great job and I could not be more grateful for their, their contributions and for and their talent. I really couldn't be. But having said that, there are times when the hiccup gets there. The hiccup to me is, was at that time, you know, how many pitches, how many pitches, how many pitches, how many pitches, how many pitches. And How I many got, pitches? How many pitches do you throw? <laughs> All right. Just so, with Don't me. be a wise guy now. Okay? So I got tired. I haven't heard my voice in a while. Go ahead. All right. Well, that's okay. I heard it heard plenty, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I got tired of, of that. I got tired of it. I really did. So I called our truck and I go, okay, listen to me. I don't care. I'm tired of answering this question. I just want you to put the number up of pitches. that Put it on the screen somewhere. I don't care where you put it. And a Michael K. say... That number that you see is the number of pitches that the the pitcher has thrown. And I just want it up there and just do it, okay? I don't care. Explain it and do it. They started doing it. And within within 10 days, everybody in the industry was doing it. Everybody. We were the first to do it. Uh, It's documented we are the first. We were the first. And that organic moment came out of frustration, which is my frustration of having to ask that question about how many pitches, how many pitches, how many pitches. And... That's 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 how that happened. I mean, it was an organic moment. It was a real moment, and it was no reflection on great production people that we have. It was just one of those things where I got tired of asking asking a certain question, and and uh, and uh, by putting that up there, we 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 it was just those two little one number, those two little metrics. But it it made a big difference, and everyone in the industry started doing it. So
0: did anybody think you were crazy why is this guy putting a number a random number up
1: no I think people started to realize why did it take so long including myself to put this number up there because the met the number of 100 had been you know the number that that everyone used as you know the the determinant as how long a starting pitcher could stay and over a 100 you was not good you usually took people out around 100. You didn't want to go beyond that with starting pitching and there's reasons for that. Starting pitching is you know, it's expensive and especially when you have young you have young talent, you don't wanna you don't do anything that's gonna impede their development. So they wanna be very careful. So that one hundred seemed to be the right number of pitchers, but it had been that number for a really for a while for for quite a few years and no one had ever really gone down it. You'd mentioned a hundred on the air, but you never would show an actual counter a count that said this, is how many pitches you had thrown. So it came out of my own personal frustration. But like I said, I'm amazed that not just in my case, but the case of the industry, it took us so long to sort of respond that way to it.
0: So you would say yes has made some history in that regard, right?
1: Well, I, I think we, we were, we were part of uh, an event that uh, uh, changed the industry. And in that respect, we, we made history and then, uh, you know, but uh, I was—I was just amazed. It took uh, us and the industry so long to sort of come to the conclusion we needed to put a—we need to put a pitch counter up there. But we, we did, and I think that—I think it's the—the uh, game is better for it in some small way, for sure. You know who else has made some history? Alex Rodriguez. That's right. I guess they say. I, I think I guessed at that. You, you see where I'm going, right? I, I do. I do. I don't need—I don't need a magnifying glass to see this. Uh. I, you got me. How about
0: uh, we take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll have
1: Alex. I I really look forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know FOMO. Fear of missing out on this. Hit in the air a mile to left. And this. They come all the way back. Or this. The first team to homer in 28 straight games. Let nothing come between you and your Yankees on Yes. Okay. I really don't know how to introduce our guest. I mean, he's a three-time most valuable player. He's a two thousand and nine World Series champion. Actually, we'll save a lot of time if you just Google him and you see why he was one of the all-time great baseball players. But let's get to let's get to the good stuff. He's on every red carpet in America now. He's engaged to Jennifer Lopez, and he has a burner account. Listen to this to follow his two <laughs> beautiful daughters on social media. All right, how do you get this burner account, Al? Explain. I don't even know what a burner account is. So. Let's explain. Well, this well Clay, let,
2: let's go back, please. Please don't tell your listeners to Google me. That'll be a dangerous Google.
1: <laughs> That's okay.
2: right. let, like they say back in my hometown, it's, it's not all good, baby. It's not all good.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's but it's it's mostly good, and it's really and there are parts that are great. So we'll we'll talk about that stuff. All right, all right. So right now, Alex. I mean, you're much busier now, and you were really quite busy as a player, but you're even busier now uh, since you re- retired, and I'll put quotes around that, uh, from the game.
2: I am, and, and you know what, Flip, I'm having a, a a terrific time. I mean, my number one job is to be a father to Natasha and Ella, and, uh, and really working on projects that I'm passionate about, and uh, finding partners uh, that I respect, and do the things I love with people that I love, and uh, it's... It's, it's so much fun to collaborate um, with great people. I uh, always surround myself with uh, you know people that are smarter, that have great experience, that together we're better. One plus one equals ten philosophy. And to be able to take my 25 years' experience of playing professional baseball and bridge it into uh, the business community is something that uh, I'm having a great time doing.
0: Alex, speaking of projects that you're passionate about, Congratulations, I believe, are in order as season two of The Corp just dropped the podcast, right? Correct. And what's the response been so far?
2: It's been uh, overwhelming. Uh, you know, season one was was quite a phenomenon. We were uh, number one for three weeks in a row, and uh, we decided this year to uh, drop them two at a time. Uh, I believe we have around 14. Um, and... In the first 48 hours, we had 1.6 billion impressions. Come on. Um, so Martha wow. Stewart was uh, phenomenal and Kevin Bacon as well. It's been fun because it's kind of what we're doing. And uh, it's really a little bit longer format where people can actually finish their sentences and you can push back and have some fun and introduce levity. And, you know, podcast is such an enormous way that consumers are uh, – uh digesting information and it's a really personal thing unlike the medium of tv that you know flip has mastered and has become uh over the last 40 years the best of the best sorry i don't want to uh date you there uh flip but <laughs> um you know podcast it, it is the new way it's the present and the future
1: uh, that, that's very kind of you Alex. but uh, you said something there that really really piqued my interest uh you said, uh, finish their sentences. Some place where people can go and they can finish their sentences. That, re- that, struck- that struck a chord with me. It really did.
0: Yeah. No one lets you finish
1: your sentence, Philip? Um, they do out of politeness. you but saying it, but I step on your sentences? <laughs> I have run on sentences. My problem is I start on a thought. I go for a week, but uh, <laughs> that's speaking, part of the problem.
0: Speaking of levity, Alex, um, your Kevin Bacon episode, did you get to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Uh,
2: you know, a, a little bit. I mean, the fact that he's been married for over 30 years and, uh, there's always, I mean, being a New Yorker it is interesting. He still considers himself a New Yorker after all these years of commuting to the West Coast and in, in LA. Um, one of the things I was most impressed about him is that, uh, how grounded he was, uh, how he has this incredible partnership with his, uh, wife. And Ali continues to reinvent himself, it seems like, every five years or every decade.
0: And going back to season one, you also had some pretty big guests. You had uh, Mike Francesa, Kobe Bryant, Gary V. Who was the most compelling guest do you think you had from season one?
2: I mean, definitely compelling. I mean, uh, Mike Francesa is always interesting for the New York crowd uh, and always entertaining. He understands media very well. Gary Vee. Uh, you know, is a black belt communicator and someone who's really mastered uh, social media digital and is really uh, a forward thinker uh, when it comes to that. Um, Barry Stern, I consider him the, the number one guy in the world when it comes to real estate, uh, chairman and CEO of Starwood Capital. He's um, built it into uh, managing over $65 billion of uh, assets around the world. Um, and then you know season two we have martha Stewart uh who's been incredible uh, howard Schultz um we had bill and- Cam- uh, bill and lauren uh, it's been it's been phenomenal so far, and you know when I travel around, whether' speaking at colleges or at the masters this year or or even at uh, Wimbledon I mean you would think people would say Great job everyone in the o nine championship or this or that, it's, hey, when is season two coming for the Corp? The Corp. Uh, So it's amazing how far the the brand of Barstool and the Corp has has come in such a short time.
0: I'm glad you brought up Barstool because I'm super impressed being in the digital space, what they've been able to accomplish. Um, You know, when you first started in the league, Um, not to make you feel old, I apologize, (laughs) but there wasn't places like Barstool. It was always the beat writer would go up to your locker, write a story, and then you'd read it the next day. Um, With that in mind, what made Barstool so attractive to you? Was it their forward thinking?
2: Yeah, I think two things. I think they have a stranglehold on millennials, um, and uh, they have a very, very sticky brand. Everything that you know, Flip and I—we we work in this world of baseball, where, you know, the average age uh, of a Major League Baseball fan is a 58-year-old white male. And whether my work on CNBC or or Shark Tank, you know, I'm constantly talking to a little bit of an uh, of an older audience. I thought this was a great opportunity to uh, introduce myself to teenagers and young people that are going to be kind of the who's who of tomorrow's uh day and also to be able to inspire and motivate and, and storytell in that type of format um to the young format. Look, we have to change and in order to stay ahead you gotta keep up with with the masses and think about what's next. And uh you know, in some cases we when you take away sports, T V is like radio, uh and it's just kinda keep advancing, right? And uh you know, not many companies are like Yes Network that are just uh, an incredible network. Uh, there's a lot of people dying and people like Flip have Yes, you know, rolling still.
1: You, you know, Alex, I, I must tell you, it, it's amazing to me. The, the arc of life to me is so amazing. You know, you go back, we go back a couple of years and, you know, you, life is so great for you now, Alex, and, and you deserve it. I mean, you're also an ambassador for the game of baseball. You are so many good things now. You, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that years ago you weren't, but you know, a couple of years ago, you were serving a one-year suspension from baseball, and, and things were dark, and, and 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 dark, and darker on occasion. But you know what? At some point, you know, I know you took a long look at things, and and, and what conclusion did you reach, Alex? Because you, I mean, this is like your the arc of your your life, your career, everything is just is so is such a trajectory from where you had, where we were a year, not a year, a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, you know, Flip, I think the number one thing is accountability. Uh, I, I understood that I made a mistake and uh, I paid a deep price and uh, I'm accountable and there's no ends, But uh, I screwed up in a big way. I doubled down and I was a big, big, big jerk. And uh, then I, I went into deep therapy and worked on myself, turned the lens inward and, and started putting together kind of a a plan to try to come out of this black hole that I put myself in. And it started with looking in the mirror, taking full responsibility, and then making some very, very uncomfortable calls to people like yourself and people that I respect, friends, partners, mentors, um, business relationships, owners, player associations, so many people, the list was very long and it wasn't an email or a text. It was a phone call that I thought would take me three weeks and it took me more than three months, um, to build the courage and the strength to call everybody and say, I'm sorry. Um, and to this day, uh, all those people who are still in my life, uh, accepted my apology and said, okay, I'm going to watch. And then I had to go out and walk the walk every day and become a better father and become uh, a better person and friend. And I think if I had to put a, 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 if I can summarize what I've learned is to be grateful and appreciative for every single day for doing this podcast, for having an opportunity to have so many wonderful opportunities and partnerships. And I've told you this clip in private, if I don't make, make it to the hall of fame, which I hope I do, I have no one to blame but myself, and what I hope to do one day is, because of that mistake, learn from it, become a better father, a better husband, a better son, and a better partner and friend to those people that I love that are close to me.
1: Alex, we used to, we'd always say this to each other, everyone falls, how you get up matters too, and how you've gotten up has been remarkable. And I have, I mean, I, may, I mean, maybe Lazarus. I mean, I don't know who's had a bigger comeback or uh, <laughs> than, than, than you. And I will tell you, and you know, right now you're on top of the world. And I must tell you, I, you deserve it. You deserve it for all you went through. Yes, some of it was you put on yourself, but you know what? You, there, you, you have you, you, you. Listen, we everybody spends time in purgatory, all of us, and you spent your time there, and now you deserve the ascension, and you've been. Just great how you handle everything. And I just can't go anywhere. I see you every place I go. The brand of Alex Rodriguez is 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 global. I mean, I, yes, you are a great baseball player, but the reach of baseball is not truly around the, the entire world. It's around a lot of it, but not all of it. You you truly your brand is larger than baseballs. I mean, it's incredible what's happened in the last couple of years. I just I sit there, but but you know what? Like, but I know your your skills, and I know your talent, and you know what, Alex? I know your sincerity. So, like I said, you deserve all good things that have happened.
2: Thank you. And, and you know, Flip, uh, last Friday I was doing Yankee Dodgers and, uh, uh, you know, having that great opportunity that you gave me even just for a few innings to talk about a franchise that I love so much, an ownership and how Steinbrenner that I'm so grateful for, and to talk to the great Yankee fans on the network that is my favorite network <laughs> that I've been watching from the time you started it. <laughs> you know, watching daily uh, as building this incredible brand of Yes Network with the Yankees that, you know, Amazon just bought a big piece of. You know, you know you're know you doing something special when Jeff Bezos wants to buy a piece of you. And, you know, I just felt so grateful uh, last week being at Dodger Stadium, talking to the Yankee fans, talking about this great Yankee team. And when you think about, you know, being an ambassador of the game, uh, that's pretty much the highest compliment you can give me, especially with all the stuff that I've
1: been through. Yeah, you definitely are an ambassador of the game, and I'll tell you what, you, you will get in the Hall of Fame. It, you may take the Magellan route, okay? You may take this little bit of a detour okay. route, but, you, but you, you'll you get in, and, and you deserve to be in. Um, so tell me about broadcasting, Alex. Thank so, you. I mean, you made the jump. I mean, you've done it so successfully, and like I said, I was listening to you on Yes the last Friday night, and uh, and the weekend, Saturday you were on Fox, Sunday you were on ESPN, and uh, tell me about broadcasting now. I mean, there were, it wasn't something we used to talk about years ago that you felt you were going to necessarily go into. But once you got into it, you've gone full force, and you've, uh, you know, you've gone into it with a vigor. And I think you've, uh, I think you've done quite well.
2: Thank you so much, Flip. I, you know, it's funny, Flip. We've been friends for almost two decades now, and I don't think uh, the first eighty percent of our relationship—I don't think I ever had a conversation with you about ever getting in the booth. Our conversation was based on family and the game and strategy, and, 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 and you always would help me out with giving me great tips on how to, you know, deal with the great pressure of being in New York and being a star player there. Um, never in a million years did I think, publicly or privately, uh, this is something that I wanted to do. What I did, and is what I've done my entire life, is uh, you know, try to become an expert at one thing and one thing only uh, get my 10,000 hours, and if I get my PhD there, I felt like even if I was really bad or average at a lot of other things, if I can do one well, I can capitalize on it, and that's what I did with baseball, and that's what I've done with business, and then the question is, because I know baseball so well, can I go on television in the booth and explain it in a clean, crystal clear, digestible format, and... It, that's not a given because so many great players go up and, and can get that done. I was fully aware of that. I respected it and I went out and worked really hard at it and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think I find it a great responsibility to call it, how they see it fair and square.
1: That's all you can ask for. You know, the, your main job is is to call the game and then because you know the game and I know you're a student of the game, Alex, you've been a, I mean, you, st- you work, and I'll tell you what, your work ethic has never been in question either. Between your, you being a student of the game, your tremendous work ethic, and how much you care a- about the game. And I, there's, the, the minute you went behind the mic, it was just a matter of time before you were able to, to see what you saw on the field and get it out in a, in a way that is, as you say, digestible. To to an audience because you you don't want to talk baseball speak but you don't you don't want to talk down or up to an audience you just want to talk to an audience and I think that that's something that does it's a skill and it's learned over time and I think you 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 really have gotten to the point where you're getting quite good at this so uh, I'm proud of you and uh, again we could always be good and the people who sit there and say well I'm good and I'm satisfied you know what then they can't be that good. Because you can never be satisfied. You were never satisfied as a player. You can't be satisfied as a broadcaster. You always have to look for, okay, I've got that. Now, what, what can I do to make myself better? What part of this discipline do I, do I not know? And what do I need to work on? And because you are who you are and you care as much as you do, you, know, you, you work on the things you need to work on and you excel at it.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Shifting gears a little bit, Alex. Um, while Flip was doing the intro, um, something hit me. He mentioned how you're on every red carpet. Um, and you always were a huge star. You were a huge star in the world of sports, and you shifted now to this huge star in pop culture. And I, I wonder what are the differences there, because it, it can't be the same, right?
2: <laughs> well, I, I think the difference is when, when you're playing baseball and you're wearing pinstripes. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a star among uh, a great team, and no one's was bigger than the team. And that's one thing I love about you know sports. Um, When I walk the red carpet, uh, people confuse me all the time with being the head security guy or or the Uber driver. (laughs) So it's a much, much different game. I'm enjoying it just as much as you guys are at home probably. Oh, we're in trouble.
1: You know, you're five stars, Alex. Wherever you go, you're five stars. So there you go. <laughs>
2: hey, Flip, my yeah. new line now is I'm with her.
1: You know what? If I were you, Alex, that's, I'd say that too. I'm definitely with her. So
0: uh going back to social media because Flip also mentioned you have a burner account, and I want to uh give you advice. You can't say that publicly because now your daughters know that you're watching. <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? It's actually that that was that was uh, a decoy because I don't have a burner account. And I'm glad that kind of went out there because now they're they're actually worried. So I got to keep the girls off balance. But smart. um, Yeah, it it was a private and I can't get in there. So um, (laughs) sometimes uh, I'll get in there through uh, through one of uh, my friends and uh, which they are allowed to follow her. But. Uh, Boy, the social media thing is interesting. It makes parenting a lot more uh, stressful (laughs) and exciting at the same time.
1: See, see, this is fascinating to me, Alex, because I have no idea what a burner account is. (laughs) So (laughs) I find this. (laughs) So maybe Kevin will explain to me. What's we doing? Yeah, when we get get off the air, I'll tell you. I appreciate that.
0: And Google, I'll explain Google. Yeah, we'll we'll explain all Uh, that. Getting back to baseball, real quick. You mentioned, um, or Flip mentioned, six hundred and ninety-six home runs. I'm a round number guy. Does it kill you that it's not 700? It did for a while,
2: Kevin, but, you know, it was like, I can taste it, I can feel it. Uh, I wanted 700 so badly, and I felt like, uh, boy, you're four away now. Like That's a good week um, uh, with, well, the way the baseballs are flying today, maybe a good day or two, but (laughs) Uh, That that part is a bit frustrating, but what was interesting to me about kind of a double check on my journey uh, about, you know, being self-aware and and some of the work that I did, you know, on myself turning the lens inward is that I truly felt that when Hal Steinbrenner approached me and gave me the opportunity uh, to walk out uh, with my head high uh, in Yankee Stadium on a on a midsummer day, where I can fly in my mother, my my daughters, my family, friends, and people from around the world. Uh, again, I could not be more grateful. When I got home uh, with my family, that few days after, I had a couple of teams call and say, "Hey, you can do 700 with us." And I thought about it for less than. Five seconds. And while everybody around me wanted me to go do it, uh, I felt that 696 with the Yankees trumped 700 with any other team. Uh, And what's interesting about that, and Flip, you'll like this the arc of my time in New York uh, came in where I pissed off so many people in my life from moving from third, shortstop to third base after winning the MVP and, and go glove. And when I left, I pissed off a lot of people because they wanted me to get to 700. And the one thing that I would appreciate about my career, uh, through the good, the bad, and the ugly, is that I did it my way.
1: You certainly did. And I remember, you know, I remember the the 696. Look, Alex, you could have easily gotten 700, whether it was the Yankees or other teams that were interested in, in, you know, having you hit that, uh, hit the 700 mark, which, you know, listen, baseball's stats matter a lot. And I'm sure that would be great to be in that club. But you know what? You could have been in that club and you know you could have been in that club, but you walked away. And, you know, I think there's a certain amount of respect that's due you because of that. I mean, I certainly did. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love the game. I know the game, and I know what you did, and I know what you could have done. And the fact that you walked away showed me a lot.
2: Yeah, and I got to tell you, if that was pre-suspension flip, I wouldn't have walked away. Um, I, I think I would have gone to Japan, China, the Maldives to get those four home runs.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ask but, yeah. okay, I'm sorry, Go ahead, <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, and, and and again, like coming back. Uh, pre-suspension, post-suspension, the thoughts of what I thought winning, I thought before the suspension was the home runs and the contracts and the championships <clears throat> and while all those things were really important. What I realized after what was most important is, you know, building bridges, not burning them, having a relationship with the front office, the fans, and and uh, and being associated to something that I love so much, which is the New York Yankee family.
1: If we'll do this, is in closing, Alex. Let me ask you this question: There must be something. There must be something about you that you would really like our listeners to know that they have no idea about. There's something that they have they, never read about. And Alex, you are oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of reading you could do on Alex Rodriguez these days. Okay, because you are everywhere, and the coverage on you is incredible. Okay, so what could you tell our audience that about yourself that they don't know that you'd actually want them to know?
2: Hmm, that's such a great question. Um, Well, I I would say uh, I I would say two things. One is that (laughs) I'm a pretty nerdy guy that loves numbers and business and happens to be a great had a great baseball career. Mm -hmm. And the second one would be that it would be fun one day uh to help Hal run the New York Yankees one day. Wow, wow, I love that.
1: I like that too. Okay, that's that's a good so okay, so one day you see yourself as a, as a as a, either running a team or being maybe being an owner possibly one day. Possibly, possibly. Uh, possibly. Possibly. Well, but,
2: but I think what that one of the greatest brands uh in companies in the world is uh, the New York Yankees. So uh, people often ask me about owning a team or and the answer is usually never say never but but mm-hmm. when it comes to the Yankees that's one that it's uh closer to my heart
1: <laughs> well that's a great answer Alex and uh we appreciate very much you giving us part of your day and uh, you're a you're a not only a, a terrific player not one of the all-time great players there's no doubt one of the all-time greats and and you're also uh a terrific friend. So, I mean, I cherish our relationship and I, I thank you again for giving us the time to, uh, for, uh, on curtain call here. Thank you.
2: And, uh, ditto to you, uh, Flip and Kevin, thank you. Flip, thank you for your time and best of luck with this, uh, fun podcast. Okay.
0: Thanks House. So. so Flip, we've had David Cohn, we've had John Sterling, we've had Michael Kay, Chris Mad Dog Russo. In, in every one of those interviews it feels like there was a moment of revelation, right? There was a moment of honesty. And Alex really was no different.
1: I think it's a cliche to say that anybody can handle success. And but but it's true. Anybody can handle success. It's easy when everything is going your way. It I think how you judge someone is when they are down that rabbit hole and they have faced darkness and how they were able to confront it and not confront it but to conquer it. And to conquer it and put them in a better place I think if you're able to do that I think you've done a lot. I think that that goes beyond numbers and stats. I think it speaks to character. And I think Alex showed a lot of character in coming back from what he had to come back from. So as as many as I mean his stats if those of you don't know them, I mean they're just incredible what he's done in the history of the game. He's one of the greatest players of all time. There is no question of that. There is no doubt of that. If you study the game, you're part of the game, you 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 honor its its history and tradition, you look at what Alex accomplished. And you have to look at that and say, oh, my gosh, I mean, that's just some, some, some great talent. And But again, to come back from what he came back from, how he faced it how, and how he beat it and conquered it and put him in a better place and became a role model uh, is just such an incredible story that, that he was honest and real in the way he shared that with us.
0: And that's the thing, right? He was, like you said, one of the greatest players of all time.
1: And now he's even higher He's even better. He's bigger than he ever was. For as big as he was as a player, he's now bigger in society than he's ever been because of all these different all these different businesses that he's in and how he's handled everything his way and how he's done success after success. And that was the Jennifer Lopez. He's married this beautiful, wonderful girl. And everything has just gone his way after being uh, coming back from... Being considered one of the greatest players ever, hitting an abyss, and then coming back down to be considered this incredible cultural icon, which he is, is. It's a remarkable story. It's one of a kind.
0: And despite all that success, his self-deprecating humor it was great, right? When he was talking about being on the red carpet. Yeah. and uh, he says he gets confused for jennifer's bodyguard right like how great it's a, is that that's yeah, a relatable no, no. guy well
1: so, you know now he is he's certainly become that and like he said he had to hit the some dark times to get there but he got there and he has just been it's just an incredible story couldn't
0: agree more flip a rod's turnaround has been remarkable how, how many mvps is that
1: one three 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 one as a player yeah
0: well i would say the mvp of this episode is our sound engineer jason marshall great job right
1: Great job, Jason. I mean, I don't know that we've gotten any of this done. He had to come to my home to get this done. And, you know, that's never easy when you're working out of your environment. So great job by Jason.
0: I wanted to make sure we got that shout out. He deserves it. And um, what do you say? Is it time to land this plane?
1: The words of Ashley Fugazi, it's more than time to land the plane. So let's land the plane. Go, Kevin. Land this plane.
0: Well, thank you again to Alex Rodriguez. That was a lot of fun, Flip. Um, everybody, make sure you follow him on social media. He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. It's at A-Rod. Although, Flip, I'm willing to bet everybody who's listening already does follow him,
1: right? He's got millions and millions of followers.
0: Yeah, he does. Um I say we wrap it up here, Flip. I had a good time. Until next week, what do you say?
1: I I equally had a, a terrific time and uh, look forward to next week. And again, remind everyone how they follow us. And they
0: rate, review, subscribe. You have to do that. And on Twitter, we are at Curtain Call Yes.
1: Okay, so they rate, review, subscribe, and we're at where are we get on at Curtain Call Yes. At Curtain Call Yes so on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. So there you go. There are all handles. You know, for Kevin Sullivan and for our our wonderful engineer, Jason Marshall, we say we look forward to next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.